we're looking at right now is, you know, ultimately a political game uh, that's being played. Um, you know, the, the, the city, I, I can speak for city residents, every precinct in the city voted uh, for appointed superintendent, every, every voting precinct. I can tell you that the schools, I, I can probably say, this is my opinion, but the schools in the city, uh, inside the city limits, are the schools with the most need, and the parents of those children voted for there to be appointed superintendent four years ago. Well, this has escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> you had, last week, you had Kevin Adams, school board member Kevin Adams, who was against the uh, appointed superintendent from before, has now said that given all the failures, uh, we need to look at uh, putting that back on the ballot and letting people choose to have an elected superintendent again. Uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves talked about that during his press conference at the uh, ST Engineering ribbon cutting on Monday, and he said, uh, this is a political game. This is uh, this is just politics. Uh, this is, you know, he, he basically said, look, um, you know, Kevin was opposed to this from the day after the election, so why should this be a surprise? But the problem is that we can't possibly say that we have given the appointed superintendent a fair chance, not the person, but the idea of it being appointed as opposed to elected only two years into it. And we're already talking about jettisoning the whole system. How you can do one thing for decades and then do another during COVID for two years and say that this somehow is uh, a, gave this a fair opportunity or a fair shake. I, I can't I, I cannot possibly reason that with any data or logic whatsoever. Uh, it's. That, so when you ask why is it political, it's because, you know, the want of one particular school board member um, is uh, since um, the day after that vote, uh, we know where where um, Mr. Adams stood. Yeah, of course he's right about this. You know, this is like the people who, uh, you know, two years into Mayor Hayward's first term, they're like, see, this charter sucks. <laughs> I mean, what? What? You know, you got to let a thing breathe a little bit. Now, you might say, um, and I don't know that a lot of people actually said that two years into history, but there were, I'm sure, some. And there were the people who didn't want to have a strong mayor. Just like people who are saying that we got to go back to an elected, super, elected superintendent are the people who didn't want an appointed superintendent to begin with. So this is no evidence. You've got to let the system play out a little bit. And I, I kind of mentioned this in passing the other day, but look, if... Um, if there are problems, and there are problems, and let's you know be honest with ourselves, um, Escambia County, if it were a house, calling it a fixer-upper would be a little bit too kind, right? I mean, you know, not all, but the schools, a lot of the right? We have a lot of problems. What's the source of the problem? How do you solve that problem? That's a big conversation, okay? So, you know, as Superintendent uh, Smith said yesterday on Channel 3, you know, this is not all going to get fixed by Tuesday. That's true, but we have seen a lot of problems, okay, and they're... You know, there's a lot of people that are kind of wondering about the leadership of this particular superintendent. But um, here's what D.C. had to say, and then we'll get to the news since then, because there's been a lot since then. You know, it's unfortunate that we're, we're going to now, um, you know, take education and, and politicize it. Um, and ultimately, my feeling is the, uh, if the school board has any issue with uh, leadership, I, you know, I, I've got a great relationship with Dr. Smith, and, and I've respect him very much but part of appointed superintendent was for the ability to uh, if, if you don't like the direction of the school board uh, the, or the, that the school is going the school board has the power as an elected body they have the power to make change yeah that that's <laughs> if you did decide that things are not going the right way right now right if you decided things are not going the right way right now well 
guess what? The reason you did an appointed superintendent, do you remember what one of the main arguments was? If things aren't going well, the school board has the power to fire the superintendent and hire somebody else. That was one of the arguments for an appointed superintendent was that the superintendent would be directly accountable to the school board. And so now you have the school board. And there's been this kind of had come up in a meeting recently and the school board is saying, you know, we don't we're not sure we have confidence in Superintendent Smith. Okay. Fire him. You know, man up, woman up, (laughs) you know, do your thing. This is why it's appointed. If you think he's not the right person for the job, don't try to, you know, wiffle ball it back to the voters. Fire the superintendent and hire a new one. Take responsibility. Do your job. Because you basically have three options. You can, you know, fire the superintendent. Try to push to go back to an elected superintendent and hope the voters figure out what they want to do. Or, you know, we could wait two years and we could, might have new school board members. Just saying there's another kind of election coming up, right? So my answer is, look, and, and listen, I, I, have, I have said this not too vehemently, uh, but I'll say it this way. I don't actually have an opinion about whether Tim Smith should stay in his job or not. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't feel like I know enough to know which is the reason we made it an appointed position, because the school board members are supposed to know that. That's why they're elected under this current system. And they should know this problem with the superintendent, or it's not a problem with the superintendent. Okay, so that was, you know, Monday, Tuesday, right? And then yesterday, Michelle Salzman, representative for District 1, the north half of Escambia County, uh, sends a letter to the superintendent and the school board. This letter serves as a request from my office to the appointed superintendent, Dr. Tim Smith. I don't know why appointed is capitalized here. It shouldn't be. But anyway, um, to, to, superintendent should be capitalized, but appointed should not be. And, and just a grammar thing. Um, to resign from his current office. From her office for him to resign. That's not a personal. That's from her office. That's unusual. I mean, Alex Andrade had the comment that, um, yeah, I'm not sure that one elected official should weigh in on whether another elected official you know, should be resigning from office. Or, or you know, He's not elected, but, you know, should pressure local elected officials to make decisions they're in the best position to make. Uh, he says the same voters that put me in my position place the school board members in theirs. That's true, right? You know, there's a sort of um, equality to everybody who is directly elected by the voters. Anyway, back to the letter. Per the employment contract, Dr. Smith would submit this request with a 90-day notice. This notice, if written in the next couple of weeks, would fall in line with the annual review renewal time frame for the school board every June and would allow Dr. Smith to complete the 2022-2023 school year. And she goes on and outlines a bunch of, um, you know, what she says are failures of him to take leadership and to do things, even some things that she was trying to accomplish with him that she was willing, able. And, of course, you know, Michelle's history with all this is um, you know, she was very much in favor of an appointed superintendent. She was the school board, uh, or the, um, uh, the parent-teacher association president for a while, right? I mean, she's very involved in education for all this time. I have heard from... How do I want to characterize this? The people who I talked to over the last, I don't know, six months or so about Superintendent Smith have all generally said something like this. He's a really nice guy. We really like him. We're not sure he's the superintendent that we need. Or we're not sure he's the superintendent we need. What I And I have heard some people say that he needs to go. Kind of a mixture of uncertainty to he should go. What I haven't heard is anybody say he is doing a fantastic job. 
I'm just, I'm just giving you a survey of the people I've talked And I haven't gone on the air with this because I figure this is for these people to come out with their statements. Now that Michelle's actually come out in public and said some of the things that she's kind of been saying uh, to a degree in private you know, for the last couple of months, now we can talk about it. But I have heard from other people, and I'm not going to name names because they, you know, they're not on the record or anything like that, but I'm telling you, you know, leaders in the community are raising this question for the last several months pretty seriously. Some of them saying he should go. Some of them saying they're not sure. I don't hear anybody really saying he's fantastic and should stay. And again, I don't have an opinion. I'm telling you only what other people have told me. Okay, I don't have a strong opinion. The only thing I have a strong opinion about, as somebody who didn't really care one way or the other about elected versus appointed, frankly, I wasn't strongly opinionated about that either, is it makes no sense to get rid of the appointed superintendent concept this quickly. D.C. Reeves is completely right about that. It makes no sense to take a vote to go back to an elected superintendent within two years. You haven't given this system enough time to work. If you think this system isn't working, the answer isn't change the system. The answer is, well, hire somebody better, if that's what you think is the problem. So my only opinion on the matter at the moment is that if the superintendent is the issue, the answer is hire a new one. And that's the only answer that makes any sense. 520 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, by the way, the superintendent was talking with Channel 3 yesterday, and it is worth giving him a chance to have his say. How you can... Oh, sorry, that's DC. Uh, here's Superintendent Smith. Strong leadership doesn't give up. And so to give up on a governance system, a brand new governance system in two years, the board and the superintendent, myself... There are different dynamics. We've got to work through those and learn how this new system works. We don't give up in two years. That is a premature act, and it's not responsible or fair to our voters and, you're not, and our residents. You're not resigning. I am not resigning. There you go. 521. One of the, I will say one of the other things I have heard from a couple of people is we ought to offer more money for this position and hire a real genuine executive who can run an organization, which is not the same as being a good teacher or even the same as being a good principal, right? They are very different things, right? I, I, I just give you a personal example. Um, I do pretty good for a talk show host. I'm, I'm pretty good at this job. I like it, okay? I would be terrible running. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> eh, eh, coin flip. Um, you do not want me running the station. Right? Candy? Agreed? I mean, I'm I'm biased. I think you should definitely no, win the station, but no, uh, no but but no, <laughs> no, but sincerely, no, but, no, no, no. You have one job, and I I, I get what you're saying. It's of just a completely different skill set, and you know, generally, you want it's it's maybe ideal to have an executive who's done the you know sort of ordinary employee work, but that's not a prerequisite. And a lot of people who might be really good at the ordinary employee work or even the middle manager employee work should not run the organization. And again, I, again, I'm not saying this is true of Tim Smith. I'm just saying these are some things to keep in mind when you're w- thinking through this problem. 522 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. And Doug. Hey, listener. Welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, and the music never stops. Hit it. There's an emu with a full-time job. His partner's Doug, but Lemu's the heartthrob. Grubs and worms, that's what Lemu eats. Gotta fuel up to save you money and hit the streets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. What's fun and happening in Pensacola? You'll find out as the City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation Department talks about it here. 
on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join us each month as we detail what's going on in your resource centers, parks, recreation programs, and at the Community Maritime Park. It's a great month to get out and play Pensacola. Tune in tomorrow morning at 9.30. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When breaking news hits, we're there to cover it. Fox News, WER TV, News Radio Team on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Twenty-four here on News Radio ninety-two-three, informative local ELO. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. We got Candy here. We also have David Wayne here. Well, he's not here. He's in the other room. He's over there. There's a barrier between us. Uh, I don't. I don't know for whose safety that's that's there for, but whatever. Yeah, I'm not allowed in that room. No, you're not. And likewise, (laughs) we're not allowed in that room. And nobody's allowed to feed any of us. Uh, (laughs) Just for the safety of the patrons. Oh wow, Uh, I can go back and forth. Do not. You are the the special privilege one. That's right. What's going on in the news, David? President Biden says he is not confident that the Supreme Court is going to clear his student loan forgiveness plan. He told reporters yesterday that he's sure his administration is, quote, on the right side of the law, but he says he's not confident about what the court will decide. Can uh, I, can, can, you have more on that or is it your next story? No, I was going to move on to the next no, one. What, I, I, will, I, I will say he's right to not be confident. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by, by, by the way, I did. I did. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cover it today at all, but I did listen to the second case yesterday. Oh, that case is a catastrophe. That <laughs> that case is that's not the one he's got to be worried about. It's the first one. It's the Biden versus Nebraska one. That's the one where it's going to be an issue for him. Sorry, go ahead. Well, David. I'll I'll look forward to your analysis uh, here down the road. Intense weather moving from California across the South uh, set to threaten about 50 million people today and tomorrow, uh, bringing several. There were several feet of snow to uh, parts of California. Winds up to 80 miles an hour and baseball-sized hail are prepared to hit Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas soon. And uh, they're just angry they don't get spring uh, spring training there. Yes, baseball size. Sorry, go ahead. And uh, <laughs> there we go. And scientists say they found a previously undiscovered Maui statue on Easter Island. The giant uh, stone-headed statue was found in a dry lake bed, apparently, and uh, the, the island is uh, home to hundreds of the things originally built between four and seven hundred years ago. Wow! They just found another one. Yep, that just, all this time nobody knew existed. Well, apparently it's wild. in a it's in a lake bed, so it says it's dried now. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't dried. Maybe previously. it was underwater right. before. And you do you know. think that's where that David Morgan statue is? Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. I, I I believe. Uh, why'd you tap your mic? That was a good joke. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Chip tell us that's been melted. I, it's been melted. 
Oh, I, I, got, I think I, so. I think I, I remember that. I think, yeah. yeah, I think he's. it's been... Well, for, I couldn't have a free David Morgan? You couldn't <laughs> give it to me? I'll take it. I think it's... I believe that has been um, uh, unshaped, maybe is the polite way to say Turned it. Turned into a coat rack. That's right. All right, David, thanks so Can much I for the update. Okay. <laughs> Can you have the, the, the leftover molt? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably not. 437 What else do we have going on? Oh, lifeguards are back as of yesterday, uh, which, of course, means we'll be resuming our interviews with David Greenwood on Friday. Get Beach Report from uh, Chief uh, Safe Chief. Uh, I know. It doesn't feel like because uh, my um, Dave texted me the other yesterday. and He's like, we, we're going to start doing the, the uh, interviews again. And I'm like. Is it already? He's like, yep. I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> well, I hate of course. to sound like it, but man, this year's already flown by. I We're know. In March. It's Thursday. I feel like we never really got our winter, and I want it back. I like, I like the, I like the sum winter that we get in no, Florida. Me too. I, I like, like the sweater season. You know. I also. And then do. it's just, I mean, I've been wearing flip flops and shorts and t-shirt for a couple weeks now. <laughs> like we're just kind of that's where we are. Um, talked about this the other day when the news first came out, but it's kind of resurged as a news story. The Pensacola Bay Ferry Service is returning this weekend, and if you've got a cool 150 bucks to spend, then you can ride the ferry with your family. Uh, <laughs> just, I still, I can't fathom this thing. Like, I get that renting a boat is more than this, but seriously, it's 30 bucks for an adult. It's uh, 24 bucks for certain students and uh, seniors. And then it's uh, 20 bucks for youth 3 to 15. Hey, if you've got a, uh, you know, a 19-month-old, uh, she rides free. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> she will hey, never I, remember it. Can I pass for 19 months? Yeah, all right. Cool. Put you on my lap. Give me a teething ring. Everything will be good. Danny, oh, hold me. There you are, Candy. <laughs> that's do, right. Do, 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 let out a burp. Um, yeah, so wow. anyway, you know, that's going to be back and running, which it hasn't been running since uh, Sally, not fully. I mean, they've been doing some things, but they didn't have the, the dock at uh, Fort Pickens. They didn't have the dock at uh, Mom Beach, at Quietwater Beach. And so now, you know, both are back up and operational. And uh, there you go. The ferry's coming back. Um, oh, also, we got a note yesterday that, uh, you know, this kind of ongoing weird case where Greg Brown wants the city of uh, uh, Gulf, have my brain this morning, of Gulf Breeze and have more coffee. City of Gulf Breeze to pay property tax on the Tiger Point Golf Course property because it was a, you know, they had let it out to somebody else and sold it to somebody else to be managed. So it's not a Gulf Breeze property. It's kind of the roughly, I mean, I'm sure the lawyer would scold me for getting this wrong, but generally speaking, that's the concept. And the city of Gulf Breeze says, no, this is a municipal, we own it. We don't, cities don't pay property taxes. What are you talking about? Um, and so this is now going to go to the Supreme Court in Florida, which means that one governmental entity is spending money on attorneys conflicting with another governmental entity that's going to spend money and time on attorneys to figure out which one of these governmental entities is going to get the tax money from a property owned by the one of the governmental entities. Yeah, that's an enormous waste of all of our resources that this has to happen, so... David, what do you have coming up, sir? We've got uh, a van crashed into a Waffle House. More after Fox. Police officers flooded the streets outside of Chicago Hospital, where one of their own died after being shot. The officer responding when an alleged gunman was chasing a woman with a gun. Shots exchanged at close range. Police Superintendent David Brown says it's a shock. This young officer who had, right at five years on this department, had a bright future ahead of him. And this is something that no family should have to face. The suspect reported in critical condition. A break coming for some of the 8 million people in the U.S.? 
who use insulin. Eli Lilly announcing it's going to be cutting the price of its most popular insulin by 70%. The drug maker also plans to cap out-of-pocket costs at $35 a month for people with private insurance. David Asman of the Fox Business Network. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. Right now, it is 71 degrees, mostly clear skies here in Pensacola. Scattered, smothered, and crashed. A van smashed through a Waffle House yesterday, uh, hitting a customer as she was paying for her food. It happened at the restaurant location over on Brent Lane just before noon on Wednesday. FHP says a 73 year old driver was trying to park. Something went wrong. The van didn't stop. The van ended up about halfway inside the building. The woman who was hit by the van was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. The uh, driver and passenger in the van, though, luckily were not hurt. FHP right now still investigating that crash. Northwest Florida Congresswoman Michelle Salzman asking the Escambia County School District Superintendent Dr. Tim Smith to resign. And that's something Smith tells Channel 3 he won't be doing. Salzman sent a letter to the school board yesterday asking Dr. Smith for a resignation with 90 days notice. Salzman listed several concerns in her letter to the board, including Warrington Middle School and their repeated failing grades, access to magnet schools for military students, discipline in the school district, workforce issues, and the health and well-being of the children. Dr. Smith responded to the letter with a statement saying he does not plan to resign and that there's a lot of difficult work Yet to be done, he says he plans to stay the course and not lose focus on the students. Scambia County deputies are looking for a suspect that robbed a convenience store on Nine Mile Road. This happened just over a week ago. The sheriff's office released surveillance images yesterday of this suspect, who they say has been identified but has not yet been arrested. Deputies say the suspect robbed the store, then took off on a scooter on February 20th. They believe she also may be responsible for other thefts. At that location. A Milton man behind bars after the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office SWAT team responded to his home. Santa Rosa Sheriff's Office said yesterday afternoon, or Tuesday afternoon, I'm sorry, that uh, deputies in the SWAT team responded to the 4400 block of Skylark Road in reference to a sexual battery. 39 year old Johnny Browder was arrested, currently booked into the Santa Rosa County Jail. Well, a bill filed in Tallahassee would recognize. Would, uh, recognize previously unrecognized Indian tribes across the state, giving them a pathway to recognition. Chief Dan Skyhorse Helms from the Santa Rosa Band of Lower Muskogee Indians tells us uh, more about what the legislation would do. It uh, gives all the unrecognized Indian tribes and bands of Florida a pathway to state recognition. And with that pathway would come the ability for even the smallest of tribes to have the same unfettered access to cultural programs, grants, uh, which are only at this time available to government-recognized tribes. And Helm says that it would help their uh, tribe to continue to preserve their culture. It is 534. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast. We're going to be 
seeing a warm and cloudy day today with temperatures warming near 80 degrees, 20% chance of a stray shower. Overnight tonight, showers and thunderstorms will build in. A few storms could be strong. Lows tonight near 72 degrees and storms continue for Friday morning. Rain chance on Friday near 40% with a high near 79. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 71 degrees, partly cloudy in Pensacola, 71 in Gulf Breeze, and 72 in Milton. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out this morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information this morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. It's Sunbelt Basketball Tournament Week. Stop by the Bay Center for FanFest before the men's quarterfinal games for food, music, and games for all ages. The free event is Saturday from 1 till 4. Next Tuesday, the 7th, join the Pensacola Beach Chamber for their March Business After Hours event at the Frisky Dolphin from 5.30 till 7 for food, drinks, and plenty of business networking. PensacolaBeachChamber.com for more. Find more events and submit yours at NewsRadio923.com. Here are the News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30-day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 are non-transferable, non-redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30-day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio923.com. All of your local news and talk from dependable host Andrew McKay on your morning drive with Pensacola Morning News 5 to 9 on News Radio 923. Good morning, 538 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, and yesterday we had a chance to talk to uh, Pensacola Mayor D.C. I love that music that you found, Candy. That's fantastic. It's perfect for it. That's great music for him. Anyway, he was in Sandestin. We had a little bit of a phone issue during the interview, but, you know, we cleaned all that up. So anyway, the point is, uh, he was there for the... <laughs> He he was there for the um, uh, the FPL uh, annual conference that they do, but uh, took time out to call in as he uh, typically does when we talk to him on a Wednesday. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. 
Andrew, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you. Um, let's start with the good news. Uh, we did the you know the ribbon cutting. You were one of literally the ribbon cutters of the uh, ST Engineering Hangar Two. And as you quite rightly uh, acknowledged in your brief comments, uh, you know this is a this is the result of work done by two prior, prior mayors, and you just inherited the ribbon cutting, right? Right, and I, my joke was, if I was in a smaller room, you know, of course, I've got great relationships with both those mayors. I would have said, you know, they had to bring the closer in, you know, in the ninth <laughs> inning. But uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, too too large of a room for uh, for that joke. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, what I've been telling everybody is, look, well, yeah, of course, you know, this is ten years in the making, and and again, three administrations. But um, as great as the work that we already done with hangers one and two we got hangers three and four so uh, um you know i'll certainly get my uh, opportunity to uh have to put some uh you know sweat and energy into um trying to continue to get this project done and, and to the level that uh has been discussed and has been visioned for so many years so uh, really looking forward to that and um uh, yeah, as I said, the convenient, you know, 99-day wait uh, for them to uh, let me be on the stage was, was very appreciated. And especially all the work that I know uh, Mayor Robinson had to put in when he inherited the $50 million shortfall <laughs> and had to fix that. You know, that was a lot of work in this project. Um, exactly. But maybe we don't dwell on that with Mayor Hayward in the room, you know. <laughs> I get that kind of sure. stuff, too. Um, one of the things that's just happening, like, right now is – uh, 17th Avenue, the graffiti bridge trestle, as or the trestle, as uh, Mayor Robinson always called it. Uh, we had a near strike, but a truck apparently has backed up and you know saw the error of its ways before it was an error. Um, you've got that one little sign that says "No trucks," um, kind of like a like a medium suggestion, and then the off ramp says "No trucks." But you guys are not done with the warnings, right? You are still working on better alternatives to try to prevent this from happening, right? That's correct. We may do see if we can get that sign to say no trucks in that voice like that. That may help. Uh, you know, that, that'll definitely get people to hey, stop. Pay attention but, to me. Uh, Don't drive you know, here. I, you know, I've been joking with friends, of course, you know, people poking uh, fun, rightfully so, and saying, hey, you know, all the city's going to do is put out one sign. Just a reminder, even though I actually find a lot of those pretty funny, uh, just a reminder, that is that is something we could do. In the short term, we continue to work on what we believe to be the real solution long term, which is some physical structure that will, you know, again, I always use the example of whether you're going into a parking garage or a fast food drive-thru, you know, right. some kind of physical warning that will, you know, ping the top of a car before it, you know, opens it uh, like a can. So, um, or our t- top of a truck. But um, I, I do want to go confirm with this person, you know, if it was that no truck sign right before that they read and been confused right before they stopped. So uh, we will try to go to see if we can get PPD to confirm that. You, you can take the one win on the small, uh, unobtrusive sign in the weak voice. Um, one of the things that I, that I wanted to talk with you about is this Aldi for the corner of Creighton and Tippin. Um, as you well know, because you were at the meeting, a uh, couple of, or at least one uh, fairly unhappy uh, resident right there in that vicinity says that his backyard is going to be up against this Aldi that's going to ruin his quality of life. And normally, you know, you might not think, well, one person upset is a big deal. But to me, zoning is a promise. Zoning is a promise to the residents where you say, hey, this is the only kind of stuff that's going to happen here. Buy your whatever, do your whatever in confidence that your neighbors are only going to ever be this. Now, of course, everybody knows zoning and future land use can change, but basically zoning is that promise. And so when we come back and tell a resident, "Ah, just kidding, Um, we're going to put a grocery store in your backyard, 
to me, that's breaking a promise. And if all the neighbors were happy, it wouldn't bother me at all. You know, if the neighbors are happy, fine. But if even one neighbor is put out that way, to me, that's their right under zoning. Persuade me that I'm mistaken in the way I'm thinking about this. Did we lose the mayor? <laughs> oh, no. Hey, mayor, are you back there? Yeah, I'm back. Oh, sorry about that. Did you hear my very long-winded argument? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Please. Oh, okay. (laughs) Short version is um, zoning is a promise, and you promise the neighbor, the people around that parcel, that we're not going to put certain things in or that only certain things will go in. And if all the neighbors are happy with the Creighton and Tip and Aldi, then I'd perfectly, no problem, right? That's what, that's, that's fine. But if even one neighbor says my quality of life is going to be severely and adversely affected by this, well, I don't, you know, how does the city break the promise to that person and say, well, just, you know, tough for you. Um, so persuade me that it's okay to upzone or to change the flu for the Aldi, even if most people want it, if the one neighbor counted on that zoning not being that way. Yeah, and, and look, you know, that's always going to be a, a difficult because every single one of these issues, as you know, would be detailed case by case. Sure. What was the zoning previously versus what is being presented now? It's not always going to be, you know, any kind of extreme from a single family residential house to, you know, uh, a Walmart or, or something like that. Uh, it may not be that drastic. But, um, you know, I would look at it more holistically and say, what if we kept the zoning and we never reconsidered any of this for the last 50 years? Where would our community be? You know, um, a lot of things, you know, that, that have changed and evolved. And, and as a matter of fact, um, you know, we're, we're looking at taking a comprehensive uh, relook at our land development code. We haven't done that in the city in 16 years. We've band-aided and band-aided and band-aided, you know, uh, and that was well intended. But at some point, you know, you start to even lose, um, you know, what – the true aligned vision is what our community should be. So, um, you know, decisions like that are always going to be, uh, you know, difficult. And, you know, I've, I've been in this job 100 days and I haven't had a decision yet that 100 percent of people agreed with. Um, but, uh, you know, we have to there are decisions that have to be made that we think are for the greater good of the community. Um, and so it may not be as democratic as a 51 taking a 51 49 vote or a 99 one vote. Um, but. Um, you know, there are plenty of examples, you know, around a city that, uh, you know, the evolution of land development code uh, also, you know, brings things like jobs, brings things like, you know, access to, I mean, we have parts of our city right now that are designated food deserts that, that would do anything to have a grocery store regardless of code. So, you know, um, it, obviously those are tough decisions and certainly sympathize with folks that, you know, and understand uh, their concern. Uh, but, uh, those are things that, again, you know, it, I really can't put a blanket over and say we do this because of that, because every situation and what it was before and what it's being proposed and where it's located are all going to be so drastically different from case by case. All right. Well, I, I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm still not persuaded, but uh, of course I'm listening, which is the reason we have conversations, right? Of course, the agenda is out now for next week's city council meeting. Um, one of the things on that meeting has to do with um, a whole bunch of sidewalk improvements, about $200,000 for sections of sidewalks scattered all over the city. Is, is this remedying gaps in the sidewalk connectivity? Is that what this is? Because I couldn't make sense of the things I saw on the map. Yes, yes. You know, good question. Yeah, that this is following what our um, you know master plan, so to speak, with the sidewalk improvements is. You know that that has been in place uh, certainly well before I was sworn in. Um, 
So this is just a continuation of that plan. And so uh, to put it simply, yes, you know, you described it well. It's, this is filling in gaps at all of these areas that we know, you know, have been on our list that need improvements. Um, so uh, it's just a continuation of that process. Okay, very good. And there's also an item there uh, that I didn't get deeply into, but I was kind of curious about. Uh, there's a Bayou Tahar boat dock project. That's for the 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 um, the boat ramp that is on the like just right off of Cervantes on the east and north side of the Bayou, or well, it's the north side of Cervantes, east side of the Bayou, not Bayview Park, not at that side, but totally at the other side. What is this project for? Is it building something new, or is it just refurbishment? Yeah, it's fixing what we have. It's it's uh, you know broken now, and and you're, you that is exactly where it is. It's at the boat launch, uh, as we say, on the East Pensacola Heights side of the bayou, right there at the foot of the bridge. Um, so it's a boat launch, but there's also a dock uh, there that's been in disrepair. And you know, it's we're just trying to continue the theme of of, of taking care of the things that we have, you know, and and that being priority one. And um, you know, we'll build more new stuff as as the need arises, but we've got to take care of the stuff that we have, and so. You know, we we promise some you know our citizens a boat a launch and and to have a dock and, and we should you know take care of those things. So, um, so yeah, we're 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 trying to get that done and actually try to get that done as soon as the start of boat season as possible. And, and by the way, you got kudos from I think it was Jen Brer who was making the comment, but you know that uh, the city is being even more aggressive about doing appropriate maintenance because that's one of the things that I've always uh, observed here in Pensacola is you know we put a lot of things out there that we build and then we kind of like hope that we're not here in 30 years, you know, when we have to do the, the replacement. But the maintenance is really the key to all of this stuff and keeping that cost in mind when we first put it in place. You know, it's going to cost us 300000 a day and 10000 a year to maintain right. and a budget for the replacement, right? Those That's how a business, that's how a government should be run like a business, right? It, well, I was going to say, that's a, exactly what I was going to say. When you're in business, what you realize is, you know, buy, buying you know, shiny new things is great, but but what what does the customer see? And 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 so it's easy for me to prioritize maintenance because in my past life, um, that's what we did. We know that what the customer sees, what the taxpayer sees, can affect their experience about living here and and, and visitors. It affects and say, hey, do they care about this city or do they not? And so it it makes it super easy for me to prioritize that because I realize the value. Maybe they don't send me an email. Maybe they don't call Andrew McKay and complain. Yeah. But but what do they tell their friends when they go home? You know, and what do they tell their uh, their neighbors? And and so I mean, it's got to be a priority for us. And and I'm really proud of our team, Public Works, Parks and Rec, um, for for picking the ball up and, and really getting a lot of these things done. Yeah, and you know, it just kind of occurs to me in hearing you talk about this that look, if you put three hundred thousand dollars into a brand new play structure at a park, people are excited about that. Um, but they're they're going to be happy as long as you keep the uh, the thirty at ten grand a year maintenance. As long as you keep them in good shape, nobody's going to sit there and think, "God, I can't believe we don't have that new exciting one." But they will notice the dilapidated thirty, <laughs> you know. And so maintenance yeah, is a good way to is a good way to keep people happy, I, right? Absolutely, Councilwoman Brayer and I have actually even had the same conversation, which is we don't have to do the three hundred thousand dollar. Why don't we do a really cool? Fifty or sixty thousand dollar thing that has its own character to the park, and it's not maybe the same, you know, playground set over right. and over at ninety four different parks. 
uh, you know, it's something cool, something less expensive, and something easier to maintain. Right. We wouldn't get any complaints for that. You know, so everybody be um, happy. So that no, is, that's... Those, are, those are those opportunities we're looking for to make sure we can maintain. I'm I'm in support of that uh, change in orientation. All right, a, a quick lightning round. When you are operating on the computer and you have a like say a Word document or your browser window, is it maximized for the whole screen, or do you have several minimized ones that you can slide around and toggle between anytime you want? Um, they, they are not full screen, um, My man. but then I'm not good enough. I always just have to minimize and maximize. So, you know, I'm, I'm always just looking for them on the bottom bar somewhere. But I got yes, you. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a small screen. Uh, paper or digital calendar or both or more than the above? Uh, it has to be digital calendar now. I used to be paper. Got it. All digital. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, do you like dogs who slobber? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, from afar. I will pet your dog. It's good to get somebody I'll, else's. I'll, I'll own one. And last one, there's an interesting story out today about uh, a service that you can pay them to craft for you a more beautiful, elegant, and impressive signature, if your signature is ugly. Is D.C. Reeves' signature ugly or beautiful? Uh, it's not great. You know, I mean, you can make out the DCR, you know, the, the initials in my name are very helpful for you to identify. But, um, yeah, it could use some work. I could you know, send me that uh, phone number or sponsored uh, <laughs> link on Instagram where you saw that. Very good. Mayor D.C. Reeves is at the FPL conference in Sandestin this morning. Mayor, we'll look forward to seeing you back here next week, and we'll talk to you, obviously, then. Thank you so much for the time. You know, it's uh, what I was I was almost hoping he would say. Um, don't hate me because my signature is so beautiful. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like that would have been hilarious. <laughs> That's right. But he doesn't. I can't oh, say it either. DC. Uh, mine's terrible. <laughs> Five uh, five fifty two on News Radio ninety two three. Um, my goodness. Hey, if you are uh, getting ready to think about that next vehicle, you know Frontier Motors. I, I recommend them. Dave Ramsey recommends them. The bumper stickers and the license plates recommend them. Uh, great place to buy good quality used cars. You know that they specialize in cars that are. You know, gently pre-owned, like a year or two or three old with low miles and great condition. And that's really what they specialize in. Okay. So you're going there to avoid you're you're going there to get a almost new car without having to pay the new car price. That's kind of the idea. But the other thing about this is even though they're a great place to buy those cars, they also have to acquire those cars from somewhere else, right? You know, if they're gonna replace their hundred and fifty, two hundred that they sell every month, they have to buy them from you know, corporate leases from auctions in other parts of the state or elsewhere around the southeast or from you. So if you have a good quality used car that you're thinking about selling, again, one, two, three years old, something like that, and you want to get good pro- a good price for it and get it over with quickly because, you know, instead of selling it yourself, which is all the fun in the world there can be, um, take <laughs> it to Frontier Motors and just sell it to them. They'll buy it. Takes about 15 minutes, no problem. And if you want to consignment, sell it for a little bit more and you're not, you know, you don't not urgently in need, you know, it's okay for it to take a little bit longer, they can do that too. Whatever the case is, they need cars, you want to sell them, that's a match, right? Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community with good quality used cars behind that big buffalo on Beverly Parkway for more than 25 years. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. We all do it. Joining online home improvement groups and saving our favorite kitchens, thinking someday, but a kitchen remodel seems too expensive and time consuming, right? Actually, you would be surprised at how affordable and efficient it can be. And with Home Outlet, you have access to the largest selection of in-stock cabinets, plus completely free kitchen planning services. Let the experienced designers at Home Outlet help you turn Sunday into today. Visit your local 100% employee-owned Home Outlet to get started. Do you have a high school reunion or a big event coming up? 
ProHealth is here to help. Their new medical weight loss program can offer an array of prescription medications, including the shot, as well as unlimited nutritionist consultations, pharmaceutical-grade supplements, and detailed lab work. With locations in Pensacola and Gulf Breeze, ProHealth is ready to help you look and feel great about your gatherings. ProHealth was the Gulf Breeze and Pensacola Business of the Year for 2021. Visit ProHealth at ProHealthFL.com. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 92.3 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. And I would have succeeded if it hadn't been for these meddling kids. Ow! All right, Candy, I'm going to dig deep on you here with the, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s, one-hit wonders, right? Uh, which you certainly have to put Henry Lee Summer in that category. Absolutely. This is a fabulous song, and that's what he ever did. Um, John Kilzer, Red Blue Jeans. Oh, what are we I doing? overshot. I know. Washcloth, toaster, what are we What are we doing here? I know. My friend's mom works at a bank. I don't know what's going on. All right. Oh, are those Henry Lee Summer I always, songs? No, I all uh, no. That's not a that's a John Kilzer song, but I always uh, associate the two together for some reason, and I love them both. And I was just curious if we were still, you know. I know that we're tight, and we do know the same music, but no, that <laughs> I and I knew that song. Time, no, I, I couldn't. Time. Yeah, but I, I knew I it. I just. Oh well. I thought it was "Girl Like That." Five fifty six on News Radio ninety two three. Uh, da- uh, his name is David, David Wayne. Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David. Mr. Wayne. Workers at the Norfolk Southern derailment site in Ohio are now starting to get sick. On uh, Wednesday, the presidents of the U.S. Railroad, Railroad Unions told Biden administration officials many employees working at the cleanup site are now starting to get migraines and nausea. They're also saying workers are not being given appropriate protective equipment. Uh, a man making his first appearance in court today after allegedly bringing an explosive device to a Pennsylvania airport earlier this week. On Monday, TSA agents at uh, the airport in Lehigh Valley found what they, what they believe to be an explosive device checked in the baggage of Mark Muffley. They say this device contained flash powder, commercial-grade firework granules, also had a can of butane, a lighter, and a pipe with an unknown powdery residue in it. Wow. And uh, I'm not sure if you're planning a trip to Utah anytime soon, but um, if not you are, but okay. if no. you are, you should. Well, if you're going to Utah, you should have a bullfrog dinner. A bullfrog dinner. A bullfrog dinner. I know you're just saying that Utah Bull, doesn't like B U L L bullfrog. Yeah, bullfrog. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'm listening. Yeah, uh, I know you're probably thinking Utah is not known for its bullfrogs. <laughs> That's yeah, because they're, they're, they're Mormon. They're an invasive species in Utah. Uh, so uh, okay, Utah like wildlife. The lionfish, yeah. All right. Wildlife officials there are encouraging folks to eat as many bullfrogs as they can for dinner. 
And uh, apparently it is Invasive Species Awareness Week as well. I didn't I know you. that until today. Uh, it tastes like chicken. It does uh, taste. David, have you guys ever had it? I have not had frog legs. Uh, it's, it's very one good. The, okay, it's I'm one a hillbilly. Of the yeah. I haven't <laughs> it's very had. good. It tastes like chicken, but though. You're right. Yeah, here. It does. Yeah. yeah. All right. David, thanks so much for the update. Speaking of uh, TSA and all of that stuff, uh, Florida broke the records for the number of firearms in carry-on luggage last year. So, uh, We're well, one. Way, way to go, guys. Way to go. Way to keep it real. Way, way to keep it, uh, what's the what's down south area code? Four, four or five? What's the Miami? What's the I don't, I'm trying to remember the pit bull thing. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to it's remember, all, yeah, too. <laughs> way to keep it 305. I'm sure that's the wrong one, so I'm messing this joke up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the uh, TSA says that uh, 6,542 firearms were found nationally in carry-on luggage in 2022. Uh, just a tip, you can't put a gun in your carry-on? Okay, just uh, in case you weren't sure, you oh. cannot take a gun through the metal detector. <laughs> you can put it together in your head or put it on the, the you know, the, the conveyor. You can check guns if they are properly stored, uh, but you cannot put them in the carry-on. Sorry, not in the purse, not in the little, you know, folding roller thing, not in your briefcase, anything. So anyway, of those, 88% were loaded. 88% were loaded, which I would figure most people who are... Uh, keeping a gun, uh, that, you know, that's how they're going to keep it. Uh, TSA said that at the Pensacola International Airport, we had 30. 30. Um, which, compared to Orlando, where they had 162, and Fort Lauderdale, where they had 134 last year. Oof. I mean, I just feel like we're not trying very hard. 30? Step it up. Come on, Pensacola. <laughs> you can, you can do, do more. Yeah. Do your part. No, please do not do your part. Please leave your guns at home or check them with the baggage. You're listening to... News Radio 92.3.